everyone. Welcome to the new season of For the Love of Books podcast, featuring Indian small press authors with host, author Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doug Chavent and the Lowell Ledger, our hometown newspaper in Lowell, Michigan. Today, I will be chatting with author Jen Rinaldi about her book, One Day Closer to Death. She will announce the details of her book giveaway at the end of the interview. Jen Rinaldi is a self-proclaimed color addict who enjoys painting and writing. She is a painter by day and a voracious writer by night. She has illustrated her first adult fantasy one day closer to death. Hello, Jen. How are you today? I am very well. How are you? I am excellent on this lovely spring day. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long winter here in Michigan. Too long. All right. My first question. How do colors and writing mesh? I've had all sorts of mixes, you know, combos. I don't think I've ever had colors and writing. I don't know. Maybe I have. Tell us. (laughs) How do you mix them so well? You know, I started out as an artist, but I've always written. And uh, for me, color and words are so similar. You know, a, a word, just one word, changing one word in a sentence can change the whole color of the paragraph. So that's how I relate the two. And painting and writing go so closely together because you use words to describe image. Yes. So they go hand in hand. Yes. Yes, you are right. And what inspired your one day closer to death? Is this your personal story? Uh, You know, there are pieces of my personal story, of course, embedded within but it actually came from um, the travels I did back and forth to see my mother. I was renting cars quite a bit when she was ill. And uh, in driving back and forth, I guess uh, some of these cars are so complex that I, I had a dream one night about a car talking to me. And that's how the whole story began. Oh, I we- okay. Because they're almost, yep, yep. They do get more and more complex. (laughs) (laughs) So could you give us a brief summary about your new book? Sure. Um, Like I said, the the SUV is is Mm -hmm. sort of paramount in the beginning of the story. Uh, The story surrounds a woman named Alex who almost dies on the operating table during surgery for breast cancer. And uh, while she's lingering between heaven and earth, life and death, she hears a voice that beckons her to stay, you know, but she loses the voice when she's brought back to life on the operating table. And she's she's feeling as though she's missing more than just her breast. Um, And that's when she meets Beck. And Beck is the voice in a rental car. She gets the same eerie feeling after she recovers from her cancer. Uh, she rents a car and she decides to go take a trip and she slips into this vehicle and she feels something isn't quite right. It's different, you know, like that cold feeling you get when uh, when you go under anesthesia. Uh, as it turns out, there's a voice named Beck who's connected to the, the vehicle. She can't see him, but she can hear him in her mind. She's frightened at first, but they they 
get on as friends later on. And she, she comes to, to learn that Beck is really an archangel named Azrael, the angel of death. And he's there to observe human interaction uh, and see if, if humans are worth connecting with or staying connected to God. So my book does have a, a lot of Christian um, feeling to it because we are talking about archangels and human interactions. Um, and, and Beck, this voice who calls out to her, uh, saves her from uh, a jewel heist and an evil stalker who stalks her throughout the whole book. And, and without giving away all of it, that's, that's the, the basic, sure. basic premise. Sure, I understand. So the protagonists are Alex, right? The yes. cancer survivor, uh, Azriel, which is the archangel of death. Yep. And back, that's the voice from the SUV. Yes, and that is Azriel. And that is Azriel. Okay, okay, and we're not gonna, okay, okay. When and why did you start writing? I've always written. I write for an outdoor magazine here, and uh, off and on, my my education has always required me write. And as an artist, you need to write articulately about your artwork. Nice. So, like I said earlier, it sort of goes hand in hand. And uh, I've always kept journals as well, so it's it's pretty natural. But the the first book was really something else. Being an indie author, it's not an easy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's an unusual um, premise for a book, so publishers weren't weren't hot on the idea, and it took time for me to hone my my writing down and to do the editing and do all of this myself. So I, I would never discourage anybody. It's what a journey. It's been so much fun, and I've learned so much from formatting to editing to cover design to all of it that I encourage people. And I'm always glad to talk to people about how I did it. That's amazing. So this is your first book, your debut book. Yep. How long did it take you to get it, I guess from the initial idea to the market? Took a year. Took it a took year, a full exactly. year. Exactly. A full yep. year. And you did it all by yourself. All by myself. And and in that year, I wrote three others. So I have this series pretty much finished. And now it's just a question of going through the steps on the next three. Okay. And so you have the entire series. Give us the name of the series. The series is the Axis Mundi which is, uh, I actually have a little blurb about where okay. it came from. Mm -hmm. uh, most cultures tell a story uh, like the Axis Mundi. Uh, they're healers and warriors traveling back between two worlds. And the two worlds here would be heaven and earth. Okay. Uh, they're like the stories in Odin and the world ash tree in Norse mythology to the Garden of Eden and Jacob's Ladder. It's like the journey described in the Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. 
it, it sort of takes it all in. And at the end of my book, I describe it to my readers and why my team, now that they are a team, decided to call themselves that. And it naturally became the title of the series. Uh -huh. I, I, I like to draw from um, Norse mythology and, and different cultures, mythologies. And you'll find a lot of that throughout the book sprinkled in there. Okay. What was the biggest challenge in writing this first book? Uh, it definitely wasn't the writing of it. I think the biggest challenge for me was the typesetting, was learning a new program. I had to, to relearn InDesign. I had done some graphic design with this program before. But I think for me, it was being able to turn the text into a printed book and an ebook. It It took an awful lot of time. And I realized then, even after having paid an editor to do the initial edit, that there was still edit editing that needed to be done. There always is. Oh, I know. And and <laughs> after after taking uh, you know, we were we were in the uh, the book fest together and I spoke to Chloe Holiday and she gave me another idea for editing. She said, you need to read your book out loud. So yes. I've been reading it out loud, yes. and now I'm finding even more things. More. <laughs> okay, so what was the most gratifying part? Seeing it, seeing it on the screen. The, the day that I released it on Amazon, I mean, my heart just sang that I actually got it. When the book finally came and I could hold that copy. Oh yeah, hold it. Can you hold it up please? Hold it up. Yeah, that's a great feeling. I know the feeling, <laughs> that's awesome. Yep, and I have yours right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the biggest surprise that came out of your book, out of your writing? Surprises along the way and then with the final product, I think the biggest surprise is that uh, that I really kept to the end of this project. There were times when I didn't feel it was worth it. You know, you're not going to make a million dollars right off the bat. It takes time. But uh, getting a review from someone you don't know that found your book is 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 a surprise that everybody wants to have. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's a beautiful surprise. What do you feel you did right? Only you could have done it this way. No one else could have done it. I, I think what I, what I have done right is I've continued to embrace the fact that I'm a panzer. <laughs> and, and that's a, a type of writer. I, I don't plan things out. I know Diana plans everything. Because, she does uh, every second. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm, I'm a, a right-brained, freewheeling creative. And I, I sit down to write. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I write, and it's there. And I have to get it out. It okay. might be sloppy. It might be all over the place. All but right. I get it out. I get it out. And then, you know, it's just so gratifying when you realize you've written 5,000 words, you know, 
Just in an hour and a half. Yeah. That is very cool. What would you have done differently? I wish I hadn't submitted my work to publishers until I had the book in hand. I mean, I had the, the, the text, I had everything edited, but I hadn't yet put it into book form. And the process of going from the edited copy to putting it into book form changed it even more and made it a better book. I wish I had waited to do the proposals till after I had had the book. Oh, wow. Because after you have the book, then you submit it and it, and it changes and it still changes? Well, what happened was when I started formatting it, okay. things changed. I, I realized I needed to change things. Mm -hmm. And that's only, that's only something you could find from a publisher because I self-published. Right. I made change. I could make those changes on the fly as I went, mm -hmm. and it's it's something that an editor would have done or a publisher would have done, but I had to do myself. Right, and I ended up with a better product because I could do specialty little things that I, being an artist, I could, for instance, do my my chapter headers. I could make my own artwork for the chapter yes. headers mm -hmm. and things like that. I okay. wish I had had all of that done before I had submitted. Okay, all right. Okay. What have you learned about yourself from writing this book? Hmm. I've learned to trust. I've, I've learned to trust my instincts. And I've learned that uh, your best friends are the ones that are not a mutual admiration society. They're the ones that actually tell you You've mentioned this too much. Okay. My beta readers have been great, and they've been brutally honest. Mm -hmm. at, mm -hmm. at times, you just stop and go, wow, okay, this whole part needs to be rewritten, or I need to change the place here, uh -huh. or, or, the, or the cadence of the way the character is speaking, or I need to bring more into this character. So it's been, it, it's like I said, it's been a journey, and it's, I'm just glad that I have good good readers that could continue to be honest with me. Absolutely. And I, I, I encourage absolutely honest reviews because that's the only way we draw as writers. Honesty, very important. Yes, we have to transmit that out there. Okay. Would you do it all over again, your writing career and your artistic career? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish I could uh, could have done this earlier. Earlier. Yeah, most authors say that. Yeah, we should have started a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually have a, a book in my head. I uh, studied under a nun named uh, Sister Thomasita Fessler, and her story needs to be written. So at some point, I would like to get a nonfiction book out there. Oh yeah. Uh, now, now that I've done this, she was a painter, and I studied under her, and okay. uh, and she taught twenty generations of kids. I mean, she she was just an amazing woman. She was on Life magazine in the sixties.
as being the radical sister. So wow. there's wow. another book. There's another book there. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are some of the takeaways? Yeah, keep keep pursuing it. it. It's become so much easier now to publish your own book than it was even 10 years ago. True, very true. And, and you know, the, the hardest part for writers now is getting your book out there and getting, you know, the uh, advertising you need. Most people won't find it. So you have to do things like go on Emma's podcast. Yes. But they're talk it up. These are it fun. Absolutely, absolutely. But you, you also have to realize that there's a budget for advertising. You have to yes. do the icky parts of this. The advertising being the icky part. I can, I can make the ad, no problem. But I, it's, it's the money involved in doing that. That's mm -hmm. the scariest part, for sure. Yeah. Do you advertise on Amazon? I'm going to start. You know, I was, like I said, this whole process is really new. So I've, I've taken some of their online courses and, you know, I'm on Goodreads, I'm on BookBub uh, and all the rest of the smaller ones. And they all have ad programs too. And when you think about how much money that costs to put in ads to connect yourself to the right genres and the right people, you, you are up there. It's incredibly expensive. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, you know, there's a lot of pay-as-you-go publishing houses that'll take anybody's book, uh, and, and they're going to do these things for you, but you're still going to pay for the ads no matter right. what. So it's just an eye-opener, and it's something that you need to know as an author. If you just want to have a book in hand, it's easy enough to do. But if you want to make a living at it and promote it correctly, I'm still, you know, on a sharp learning curve. Yeah. I think we all are. It's in a state of flux, all this, you know, still changing all the time, this self-publishing, which is, I, I think that's good. Mm -hmm. All right. What is the most interesting or bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author's event or a virtual event? Funny things happen <laughs> during both. <laughs> so you can pick whichever you choose, in-person or virtual. Uh, it, it was it was probably at, at you know a virtual thing that I did, somebody else had the same title. <laughs> Which virtual event was it? I, I, you know, I don't remember. It was a while ago, but it, uh, it was kind of funny. Totally different books, totally different subject Genre. matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they're, they're both on Amazon. And if you type in the title, you'll see both of the books. My both book of the books. Yeah. Wow, that is bizarre. At the same event, you both were presenting two different books with the same title. Right, oh, and it's a, it's a strange title, so. <laughs> it is a, yes, it's a different title. Okay, what's next for Jen on your journey? Uh, the next, next book. The <laughs> next book in your 
Axis Mundi series, right? Yes, yes. Yes. So you are the title. Mm -hmm. The title, the title of that one will be a, a a brotherhood of wings. A brotherhood of wings. And do you have everything planned out as far as the release date? It'll probably be another three months before that. Okay. Real realistically. And when did this one come out? One day closer to death. Uh, this one came out just before our. Uh, our book festival. Okay, so that was in February, right? So that's right. a brand new book. All right, yep. awesome. Okay, would you like to read to us? Yes, and I, I take it I have three minutes. Yep, we should, okay. we should be good. Yes, we're doing good. All right, okay. I will start my timer. Just give me a moment. Okay, this is an ex excerpt from One Day Closer to Death. This chapter is righteous indignation. No man is so hated as he who speaks the truth. A quote from Plato. Alex was on her hands and knees, catching her breath and gathering her thoughts. She believed these would be her last words, so she took her time in rising. The blood on her face near her mouth had cracked open pausing a new rivulet of blood to travel down her chin to wet her breast. Her shoulder wound was open too, and it hurt. Despite the pain, she was at peace. Alex rose with difficulty, her eyes closed. She stood with her shoulders up and her back straight, feeling the power rise within her. When Alex opened her eyes, Azrael's dark minions rushed to meet her. Within their depths, she saw the archangel she loved. A thousand eyes and mouths, all seeing, all speaking, surrounded him. In the center of his veil of souls, his skull was blazing blue with such heat, she could feel the warmth from where she stood. She met his gaze, facing her hand with his sigil as high as her chains would allow for the crowd to see while grabbing the pendant on the chain around her neck with her other chained hand. Looking into Azrael's red glow, she mouthed the words, I love you, bowing her head at him. She nodded at Hades as well. Azrael held the chain around his neck with his leather-clad hands and looked at Alice. With Azrael's love for her in her heart, she was ready to tear this council apart. She attempted to turn, but found baby steps were all she could manage because of the hoop behind her. But she saw Gabriel, the archangel. He caught her attention with a flick of his wing and directed her to face him. She shuffled and turned slowly to him, but did not bow, her gaze stony. Gabriel then spoke in an angelic tongue as Alex felt him try and violate her mind by shoving his way in. He was shouting in her head, stealing energy from her. Will you, human, give us your interpretation of Gamori's chaotic influence on Earth, he said as he conjured, conjured the power to strike her with his light of truth. When the bolt hit, when the bolt hit her, it dissipated into sparks at her feet, eliciting a collective 
gasped from the council. And there's where I'll stop. Okay, excellent. Can you give us the details of your book giveaway, Jen? Well, I would be willing to give uh, an ebook or a print book. Uh, how would you like me to go about doing that? Do I give them an email address? Or... Yes, the first listener who emails you at your email address. Okay, it's Jen, J-E-N, at R-I-N-A-L-D-I-A-R-T-S dot com. So it's Jen at Rinaldi, my last name, arts dot com. Okay, we'll get a, no, with the subject line podcast book giveaway, we'll get a signed copy of your either paperback or ebook. Correct. Okay, we got that. All right, parting shots from each one of us. You first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to see more indie authors uh, form groups together and do things like we did at the Book Fest. Uh, it was very informative, and it's, it's a good way to sort of keep your stamina and, and keep it real and support. You need that support and not to live in a vacuum. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Very important for all authors and I believe for all artists. Absolutely. And for humankind. And my parting shots are write indie, buy indie, and read indie, and your local newspapers for inspiration. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for <laughs> Goodbye.